Okay. What's up, dude? <laughs> Zoot suit Ryan. Ryan. Throw back a bottle of beer. <laughs> hey. Cheers, mate. Oh. That yes, was indeed. delicious. And it wasn't balls, if anyone out there is wondering. That wasn't the sound of you gargling balls? Correct. <laughs> okay. Was that correct or erect? Oh, jeez. Depending on what you said, you know, that makes sense either way. Cue the intro. talking about balls to yeah. heterosexual males for the most part yeah sharing ball story sharing ball story after ball story how many balls can i fit in my mouth oh i was actually thinking about dodgeball when i was a kid <laughs> but sure i can think about that too <laughs> hey i mean balls doesn't have to mean testicles it could just mean balls <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you had to take it to a to a to a, a sexual place. Yeah, let's yeah. Okay, let's move past this ball and mouth discussion. Uh, ball gags. That's another favorite topic of mine. Oh, okay. There's a reasonable topic. <laughs> that, that's true. That's the seventh anniversary present. Lucky number seven. Ball gags. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. The uh, the traditional seventh anniversary gift, the ball and the gag. Yeah, somebody who's not using a ball gag is Paulo Costa, because that guy is fat. <laughs> <laughs> what do you you're like? He's not blocking his pie hole. <laughs> he's definitely not blocking his pie hole or trying to constrict his calorie intake. <laughs> this is a great friggin' transition, man. This is transitional material yeah. to the max. The Segway savant, right that, here. That, also that, alliteration. Yeah, that that hundred that Paula Costa hundred ninety five pound piece of shit fat ass. <laughs> Dude, do you know like even if you know I don't even know if it's official. Is it official? That yeah, they're gonna do one ninety five. Yep, it is officially a catchweight bout between Marvin Vittori and Paula Costa. So this mf'er right just casually says. On Wednesday, yeah, I have no plans of making 185. I'm 211 pounds right now. <laughs> so if he's 211 pounds on a Wednesday, and they're going to fight early Saturday, because it's an afternoon card, he would still have to drop 15 pounds to get the one-pound allowance to make 196. Now, I'm not a professional fighter. And I've never really tried to cut any weight in a short amount of time. So I don't know how difficult that is, but seems like a lot of weight. Yeah. Your thoughts? Yeah, it does. It seems like a lot of weight. I feel like uh, I've heard specifically like Chael Sonnen talk about weight cutting a lot. 
and about how it really becomes just part of the game and and you have to be prepared to make the weight or you or you aren't ma- agreeing to the terms of the the match and to me i'm wondering why he thinks he has the kind of leverage like nick diaz was different nick diaz was coming back after six years it was clear he gave no shits (laughs) but like this is just paulo costa giving 20 percent of his purse up and being like fuck it is that did they did the initial uh, officially say that he's going to give up 20 percent of his purse yes yeah, he is going to give up 20% of his purse to Marvin Vittori. But I really don't care for that either. Like, yeah. Just to make it's a 100. <sighs> they can't just make a division, obviously. <laughs> Let's make 195 a thing now. <laughs> I, it feels like that's where Paulo Costa feels like the pull is. Is like he feels like there's a gap between 185 and 205, and he's taking it upon himself to point it out. But, no, I, I don't give him that much credit. He's not that smart. I don't either. I think he's lazy and walked into it. <laughs> he's like, you know what? 195, let's do it. I'm, a, I'm trailblazing here. 195 Maybe. division, let's go. Yeah, not all, not all trailblazers were arsonists. Some of them sparked the fire on accident. <laughs> spark the fire that ignites the resistance? Yeah, something like yeah, that. Something like that. I don't know. To be quite honest, I'm pretty disappointed because it's kind of unprofessional. And when I say kind of unprofessional, I mean like completely unprofessional. Mm-hmm. To your to your point, right? He signed a contract stating, I will fight this Italian um, orc, as you would so eloquently put. <laughs> I will fight this Italian orc at 185 pounds on this date. And then two days before you're going to make said contractual weight you go nah not gonna do it (laughs) yeah and and not only that it's like how did how did they position that what did they do just like yeah we're not gonna make it so how are we gonna negotiate this contract right it's weird because there's definitely uh, a lot of lack of accountability on a lot of different parts so if you're the ufc if you're usc executive you go shit paulo costa looks thick don't think he's making 185 so what do we do they go hey paulo what do you think about doing a catchweight bout so on the ufc's part that's a lack of accountability of saying hey signed fighter that's under contract the ufc you are supposed to be making 185, but they don't want to get rid of that because that's the main event. So I can understand that um, mm-hmm. to a certain degree. And if you're Paulo Costa, um, you know, I, I think it's pretty clear how I feel. I, I, I feel like he's totally unprofessional and he's made excuses for it. Mm-hmm. And when Marvin was like, yeah, I'll fight you, whatever weight, it doesn't matter. One, had a much more respect for Marvin Vittori even though he does look uh, Cro-Magnon. Um, they and both two, do. They both do. You're, you're right. You're 100% right. <laughs> and two, uh, when he said, I'm going to take all of your money, meaning I'm going to take your purse because you're not going to make this wait. Polo Costa's response was, be a man. Fight <laughs> me. Be a man. Like, 
you got to you got to step up that trash talk game or at least have some type of mm-hmm. thought out argument as to why you're not making 185 and i still don't know what the actual reason is why he he why he didn't even attempt to get down to 185 has that mm-hmm. been has that been sussed out yet nothing that i've heard what's funny is along with all of this too is that like it's like he's trying to pull a nick diaz uh it's not gonna work uh and like maybe even just to get credit but like for me if he had just missed weight uh i well i guess he could have missed it by enough that they could have not let the fight happen right um the commission yeah, yeah the commission could have been like no this is not not gonna happen yeah if it had been like 196 <laughs> versus 184 and a half you know whatever that's bullshit um so maybe he was that concerned because um, to me it's like if the fighter that misses weight wins something like set like 75 70 something percent of the time like just because of that not having to cut as much and if he goes out there and just crushes Marvin Vittori after missing weight, he'd make more money even if he gave Vittori 30 or 40% of his purse. True. But but now he's giving the advantage back to Vittori. Like, I view this as being a repeat of Lawler Diaz too. I really saying, do. I'll have do a catch weight and now Costa's need- going to gas really fast because he's not ready. He's a fat boy, and Vittori's going to crush him for two rounds, three and a half, or three rounds, two and a half rounds at the most. Okay, I could definitely see that, to be quite honest. Uh, Marvin is not what you would say, like, a great stand-up fighter. He's more of just a pressure and then ground and pound. So I could see him really tiring out Polo Costa with that type of pressure, as long as he doesn't get cracked coming in. And that's how I see, I could see Polo Costa winning the fight mm-hmm. is as he's coming in to your point, um, he's not going to be severely at a loss because he's not trying to suck himself down to 185. Mm-hmm. So he could, he could knock him out. Right. But even if he knocked him out and he said, and he knocked him out in like the first round, right. That was the most logical way that Polo Costa could probably win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still don't see it as like any type of progress for him. Yeah. Look at, look at these two stats. These, well, two stats, one that backs your point up completely is the 85% by KO TKO for, for Costa, right? Like he wins by finishing people fast. His average fight time is two and a half rounds. Vittori's average fight time is 15 minutes and 48 seconds because of his fights going so fucking long and his five rounders, his average fight time is longer than the average UFC fight (laughs) is allowed to be like, that's how much of a fucking grinder that guy is. And I feel like Costa was just trying to have as much weight as he could right to to try and balance off some of that wrestling which is not how you beat a wrestler agreed and and to your point right um marvin Vittori's average fight time is longer than a normal ufc fight so two things one he fights in a lot of main events um and they all go the distance 
and he doesn't finish people. He's a he's a grind pressure guy who will get the decision. Um, and Paul, yeah, you know, the more I think about it, Paulo Costa thinks he's going to just come in there and knock him out. Like Israel couldn't knock him out, and they fought twice, and both mm-hmm. times it went all all five rounds. Well, the first one was three rounds. So I take that back, but the second one went five rounds and definitely he got dominated, but he couldn't, he didn't finish him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just, I hate hearing stuff like this, right? It just makes me lose a little respect for people that you no, know, I previously, I thought Polo Costa was a very exciting fighter. Not to a certain extent, he's still going to be an exciting fighter, but I'm definitely not, I don't have that intrigue when I go to see him fight, like, well, I wonder what he's going to do. I just like, I hope he loses. I just have this more of an emotional reaction to him. I just hope, I hope he loses. So the last time Vittori won a fight, not by decision was in August of 2016 at UFC 202. (laughs) Ever since then, he's gone all the way, except for his loss to Izzy. I like the poetic side, even though this is just me being silly, is the poetic side of Costa and Vittori both coming off losses to the same person. Um, Like, that's their both of their last fight, was getting the shit beat out of them by Izzy. And I like the irony. I like like how Israel's progressing. So here's my prediction, Ryan. When when Israel Adesanya fought Costa, he humped Costa. Do you remember this? Mm Mm-hmm. And then when he fought Vittori, you might remember he gave him a prostate exam. Do you remember old, that? The old gave, oil check? Give him an oil, the old oil check. Yes, he went to play the rusty trombone <laughs> on, on Vittori's butthole. Okay? Butthole, yes. So okay. When, when, when Adesanya fights Ritiker, uh, he's going to rape him in the octagon. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. I was thinking maybe he was gonna <laughs> he was gonna pull down his trunks and remove his cup and fillet him, <laughs> and then knock him out. This is what <laughs> this is what Israel's doing. He's bringing these men to heaven and then sending them to hell. <laughs> whoa, whoa! What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you? Oh my god! Oh my god! Overhand right. <laughs> Not another one. Uh, okay. Yeah. There's an. Yeah. I am a. Uh, Okay, well, despite despite the um, the uh, this fight coming up on Saturday between Paula Costa and Marvin Tori, is the, this is number one contender after after Whitaker? You say? Do you think? No, no, no. I still I still think uh, they would likely put both of them behind uh, Jared Cannonier, considering yeah. he hasn't fought. Jared Cannonier is going to take a fight. Derek Brunson said he would wait. So I could really see the winner of this fight fighting Jared Cannonier early next year. And then mm-hmm. that is the number one. Or yeah. maybe they get some medical suspensions. Who knows? Maybe it's a war. And then Derek Brunson is ready to just step in there. Hmm. Either way, it's a pretty, it's a pretty awesome. Uh, I shouldn't say awesome, but it's a pretty interesting scenario. I don't, the real question is Izzy and Whitaker, Whitaker's looks so much more improved, but can he get by Izzy? Is he going to try and pressure him and get in his face? Or is he going to try and strike with him again? 
either way, there's pros and cons. The pressure, he could try and clinch and take it to the ground. Obviously, Jan Blachowicz showed somewhat of winning of winning strategy. Like, hey, take yeah. him, pressure him, get him down, grind on him, ground and pound. Be 20 pounds heavier. <laughs> yeah, that too. Be a Polish beast. <laughs> uh, I get um, what you're saying, though. The, the, the recipe's there, and if he finds a way. But I would say that, that Israel Adesanya looks equally as developed. As much as Robert Whitaker has improved in his last few fights, I would say Israel Adesanya has too. Um, he's way more strategic. I will give him that. I get a little disappointed, though, because I expect him to be... I, get, I think I expect him to be a finisher too much, mm-hmm. but what he what he's really shown is like he has a solid game plan for everybody that he fights. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm you know this is your biggest strength. I'm going to take that away, and then I'm going to outpoint you, or I'm going to use your tendencies for somebody that rushes in, and he's very very good at countering, and I'll just wait for that to happen, and I'll just you know, hit you with the left and then follow it up with a couple shots after that. Mm-hmm. Man, Whitaker beat the shit out of Darren Till. He certainly did. So I didn't even remember that, but yeah, he beat the shit out of Darren Till. I wanted to find Israel Adesanya's record because I, I genuinely just kind of forgot <laughs> what, for- what, is, what his last couple of, I mean, I understand. I know his last couple of victories. He finished. Okay, yeah, he finished Vittori. Mm-hmm. He finished Costa. He didn't finish Vittori. It was a decision, right? Yeah, it was. It was <clears throat> just a ridiculous decision. That was it was like, so so one sided. Yeah, Vittori thought that he, <laughs> he might have won at the end. <laughs> like, dude, no! Like, guy, come on. This guy has the mind of an orc. <laughs> anyway I think that Jessica Rose Clark is going to pummel that girl that poor girl to death I'm not very familiar with her um what weight class is that it's bantamweight bantamweight wow 135 the last time I remember seeing Jocelyn Edwards fight, she got her ass kicked too. And she, she's coming off that loss. Yeah, I was just thinking Jessica Rose. Yeah, she fights. What's the big gym out there out of um, Australia? Uh, well, New Zealand City Kickboxing. she's pretty violent she's one fan of violence she's one of the few as you can see by her striking accuracy that she's one of few that finishes quite regularly half of her wins by finish nice and yeah yeah you don't see that very often so you can that's a definite telltale sign that to your point accuracy but also power Mm -hmm. is uh is in her favor Speaking of women's fights, we're going to spend the two seconds that we need to spend talking about <laughs> last week's fights. I didn't watch them. I watched 
some of Bellator and maybe a tiny bit of UFC. I watched the UFC card. Um, I mean, it was in hindsight, it was somewhat of a waste of time. The main event was <laughs> the main event was pretty brutal. Um, not a lot of action. And then now there's all this backlash about Aspen Lads coach slash boyfriend about being too critical <laughs> in between rounds, which he's done that in the past and gotten different results. I just don't know if it was because it was so one-sided. I, I, I did hear a lot about that in the, in the MMA medias that, that he was pretty outspoken with his opinion. Um, and that it's totally up for debate. Like, is it the coach, whatnot? Uh, what I'm thinking is I heard that she was just looked like she was done. Like she had no reason to be fighting at all. She here's, here's a, so fighting at the apex center is weird enough, right? Because it's now they <laughs> have some people, but it's still like, it's still eerie. It's just, it's, it's not what you expect to be the atmosphere at a fight night. Um, but when she walked out, one thing, the first thing that struck me was she didn't uh, do the traditional like hugging of her coaching staff or anything like that. She just walked right up to the person who's going to Vaseline her face up and then check her uh, gloves. And, you know, he pointed at the, the team and she said, no. And from there on, it was little to no emotion. And huh. it just... I don't know if she just wasn't engaged. She hadn't fought in a long time. And from what I understand, that's the first time she's ever fought at the apex without fans or without a, a large number or normal number of fans. Hmm. Interesting. So that could, that could be a different, I mean, that could have been a different feel for her. It may have thrown her off, but her performance was lackluster to say the least. Hmm. Interesting. What do you think she what do you think happens with her now? Anything um, just back back down into the mix of fodder for uh for <laughs> women's featherweight. I mean women's featherweight has what three fighters on it, <laughs> right? So well, she she's could, she's not going back down. You've seen how bad she's she, looked at previous wins. She's looked terrible. She's looked near near fainting, just mm-hmm. trying to get to the scale. Mm-hmm. And obviously a couple of fights, two that I recall, where they wouldn't let her fight because of how terrible she looked. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if she can even just handle it at all at Featherweight. I, I don't, Invicta? <laughs> she doesn't even look like that big of a, a, a fighter, like even at 145. She doesn't yeah. look like it's a, her natural weight class. And she didn't look like she was huge for 135 either. So, you know, I I hate making these type of things, but I don't know if she was ever fully committed to to getting to that weight or Mm -hmm. if she's fighting on natural talent. I agree with you on that. And I need to channel my inner Dom here. I'm going to open my own Dom dome and say (laughs) she'd be she'd be fighting Kayla Harrison, my favorite American. What are we even talking about? (laughs) What are we even talking about, guys? (laughs) 
<laughs> she's not fighting Kayla Harrison. She's not fighting Chris Cyborg. She's not fighting 145 pound Amanda Nunes. She is weighing her options. <laughs> <laughs> That's what fight she needs to be weighing in at her options. You're 100% correct. I, I don't know what her future is. I know that she does love to fight. She's been a martial artist for a good portion of her life. Maybe she just didn't have the passion anymore. And that, you know, that that's a thing that happens. Yeah, absolutely could be. Although, uh, and this is completely, uh, well, this is, never mind. I have bad at transitions, as you can see. Another women's fight featuring a fighter that we enjoyed discussing last time, Manon Flawol. She's <laughs> becoming one of my favorites and i know that some might argue that that fight might have been boring which it was not i did watch that fight and it was awesome watching her manage distance yeah and like she is an expert at that does she pose a threat at the top no nah, i don't think so right now but she's gonna get to the top in my opinion what do you think uh 125 Mm-hmm. Um, there are very few people that stand in front of her from being the next person to get beat by Valentino. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, and that's, and that's no disrespect to, uh, Miss Fawa, um, cause I actually do think she's really good and her Muay Thai is excellent. And mm-hmm. she does have for that division. She's like a really good imposing size and she looks very stout. But being a Muay Thai specialist, you usually don't have a very good ground game, and that's mm. never really been tested. And Valentina's good at everything. Um, so there's just way more ways to win. And she's also a Muay Thai champion in her own right in an earlier stage of her career. <laughs> so she could even go toe-to-toe, kick for kick, you know, whatever, whatever she wanted to do. There's just way too many avenues to win. Um, we would need to probably see Manon in our next fight like take somebody down and submit them to be like, Oh shit, maybe there's a chance. And then she would still lose to Valentina Shevchenko. <laughs> I wanted to bring up the rankings again. Uh, is Andrage fighting it that way? No. Yes. She, is she? Okay. I'd maybe see Andrage there. And she just had a big win. Oh, but, was she uh, fighting at 135? That's the thing is I remember Andrage. Well, Andrage beat rose right for 125 and then uh, that's 115 that was strong and she moved up yeah so did she move all the way up to 135 i don't think so i think she fought at 125 i think she may be at 125 obviously we don't know what the hell we're talking about but uh well this isn't the show for experts this is the show that's pretty neat it's pretty neat we like to give our opinions on things (laughs) yeah that's what we do uh you can tell because of the way it is uh i i do i gotta I, I mentioned it last time jim miller is a gem of all gems um i he was not at my top of like aaron's favorite fighters right okay uh, um cerrone was for a lot of the same reasons that jim miller now is which is Cerrone was one of those guys when every time he was going to fight, I knew it was going to be awesome. And it delivered most of the time. (laughs) He kind of let me down at the end there. Hence the was, but Jim Miller is just 
the he's he's alcohol the longer he's fermenting oh he's just getting better and better with 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 everything i don't even care i i hope he gets to ufc 300 as he plans to did they they calculate that would be like uh sometime in 2026 mm-hmm. they say and, that and he would be 42 or 43 i believe yeah. So he could, if he went the Andre Arlovsky route, who's 42 when he fought on the same damn night. Or Look at he, you with your segues. And Hendo, <laughs> right? Oh, there was one. I did it. Uh, and Hendo did it that pretty late. I think Jim Miller could get there, and I really hope he does. Uh, but if he gets knocked out more than twice, he should call it. Here's the thing. <laughs> Okay. Jim Miller fights at 170. 170 at age 40 plus is uh, a not a winning proposition. Like, you could probably still fight. He would not be fighting in the UFC. <laughs> he, would <be> fight- <laughs> he would be fighting in Bellator or 1FC, or he would be doing bare knuckle boxing at age 42 if he was still intent on doing that. I really don't think that he would be fighting at that weight class um, at that age. Obviously, mm-hmm. people like um, uh, Mr. Brazilian Grappler. Uh, gosh darn. Damian Maya? Damian Maya fought in his 40s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's very competitive, ranked in the top 15 in the UFC. But obviously, Damian Maya at age 40 plus versus Damian Maya in his 30s, you know, early to mid 30s is a completely different person. Jim Miller, while that fight was fantastic to watch, and I felt sad for Eric Gonzalez because I think his entire family was in the crowd. (laughs) It was his UFC debut. He was, I don't know if he fought out of Vegas, but he was fairly local local enough for his entire family to come out because he, they got a huge pop when he walked out. You could hear them screaming their, screaming their lungs out. And then he brought it. And unfortunately he brought it without sufficient defense. Yeah. And he crumbled. He crumbled. It was, there's been a series of these excellent knockouts lately. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, one that wasn't quite as excellent and I'm going to transition again. Wow. Was the TKO that uh, occurred as well on Saturday when Corey Anderson uh, defeated Ryan Bader uh, and Bellator lightweight. Um, I like Corey Anderson a lot ever since he beat Johnny Walker mm-hmm. because I hated Johnny Walker so much at that time. And so I root for Corey Anderson. I'm glad he's not a waiter at a steak restaurant anymore as he was while he was in the UFC. As soon as he signed with Bellator, he could actually be a fighter. Um, so really, I don't have anything much to say because I don't care too much about Bellator minus a couple of their big fights. I don't care about their bracket or their rankings particularly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to, to give love to Corey Anderson. That, that's really all. Just love to Corey. I'm, I'm so happy he won and he beat Ryan Darth Vader. I am, I am happy that he won as well, just because I know how much you like him. Um, two things I'll say. One, 
the graphic right here, look at the weight they have listed for Ryan Bader, 265 pounds. <laughs> that was a light heavyweight bout, my friend. <laughs> you had to be weighing 205. <laughs> I don't even think he weighs that much when he fights at heavyweight, which no, you know, at this point in his career, it's crazy to think about, right? We had this discussion a few weeks ago, but of fighters that we think are a certain age, but are much older. Ryan Bader is one of them. He's 38. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. You look at him, you're like, he's 38. Holy shit. And then, so that's number one is the, the weight, um, the age thing was a bonus fact. And then uh, two, Ryan Bader. Um, somebody said this on another podcast, but his, that he had, he missed a golden opportunity to have his nickname be master. <laughs> Uh, how have i never thought of this or heard this before because (laughs) because as a (laughs) self-professed avid star wars fan like super fan he doesn't even like star wars he just thought it was a cool nickname (sighs) like he's not even a star wars fan so i don't think in my opinion right my my humble opinion that he even deserves to have that nickname (laughs) So he should change his nickname to Master. I agree. <laughs> Ryan Masturbator. Yes. I, I have, I have a, a quick, potentially, uh, a potentially figureoutable uh, thing. Because uh, Ryan Bader was going to go camping with me this weekend. Uh, he was, he was going to come with me. And he was going to be bringing uh, Tsuyoshi Kosaka with him. But I didn't think that you'd know who that was, so I told him to bring Matt Mitrione, uh, just in case. So Ryan Bader, Ryan Master Bader, is going to bring Matt Mitrione. <laughs> I think you can bring Dan Henderson as well, and <laughs> uh, got two more, two more people on my guest list. One of them is Fabrizio Verdum, which I think is the biggest giveaway. Okay. Are you going camping with Fyodor Emelianenko? Close enough. I'm going <laughs> camping with everyone who's beat Fedor Emelianenko. Oh, shiitake but, mushrooms. Yeah, that was fucking <laughs> close. That was good, dude. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, I knew it had something to do with... Can we talk about how all of a sudden Fedor wants to go by Fyodor and when did that happen and why the hell are we doing that (laughs) (laughs) well okay I'm gonna feel like I'm completely inept at this point I didn't know that that even fucking happened it happened so uh Ariel Helwani right yes notorious for wanting to pronounce everything correctly yes Listening to him the other day, they were talking about this fight because he's fighting Timothy Johnson in Russia. Mm-hmm. He kept calling him Fyodor. And I was like, Fyodor? Like, what, what, what the hell is going on here? And then, you know, they're, they're making fun of it. Um, but apparently, that's, according to him, that's how you pronounce his name, Fyodor. And I don't, I don't see a why in there, but okay. You know, I respect the man's wishes. 
So Fyodor, this, this pronunciation is for you. Yeah. Come on the pretty neat podcast. We'd love to have you. (laughs) We'll bring a, we'll bring a translator. Yeah. Go to the pretty neat podcast.com and submit your questions for us via the mailbag and we'll reach back out. I, with Fedor too, um, do you think this is going to be his last fight being that it's in Russia? I mean, I'm how many people are going to show up? That's what I'm very curious about. So, yeah, that is, that's an interesting question because they're at VTB arena in Moscow. I want to see what their capacity is. I'd say probably 20,000. I'm sure he's still a folk hero in Russia, right? You don't have a ton of well-known Russian fighters and they love their fighting. Russia loves to fight. As you know, they love, they are, I think they're the inventors of the, the, the tag. What do you, what do you watch? The, the, the three on three fighting. Yeah. yeah, Hell yeah. Um, And I'm sure that's probably in his, in his future, in his next career. Um, No, really. He'll probably just be a coach, but you're right. It's set up to be how he's going to go out. It's in his home country. Mm -hmm. He handpicked the opponent. And, and they, they, you know, it's a Russian versus an American. It's very Rocky four. Um, but this time, <laughs> but this time Ivan Drago is going to defeat the American and yeah. then he'll, he'll likely ride off on a, uh, <laughs> a unicorn and Vladimir uh, Putin will be there. <laughs> he'll, he'll get on the back of a polar bear and ride off into Siberia with his um, Russian hat and Vladimir Putin will be riding bitch behind him. Where he sorry, will be harvest- sorry, Putin, don't kill me. <laughs> Where he will be harvesting his ice. <laughs> Do you like your ice frozen? Frozen. <laughs> frozen ice, yes. This, this ice is frozen. <laughs> this is Fyodor's frozen ice. Come buy some of Fyodor's ice. <laughs> In his next business venture, it has to be Fyodor's frozen shave ice. <laughs> Fyodor's Fjord frozen shave ice in an Emilian Nencone. <laughs> and all of the shave ice just tastes like vodka. <laughs> and body odor. <laughs> Axe body spray flavor and pop off vodka. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's disgusting, but probably so fucking accurate. Oh, um, it's so Russian. <laughs> so the VTB Arena, by the way, is okay. an indoor venue and an outdoor venue. When it is an indoor venue, its capacity is 12,200. When it is an outdoor venue, its capacity is 27,000. So it could be a pretty darn good crowd there for them. Uh, but they're not going to do it as an outdoor, right? I don't think so. So I think it'd be the indoor event. What do they do if he just like Timothy Johnson just pulls a vicious KO out of his ass? Then Fyodor is going to pick another opponent to fight and potentially go out um, as the hero. I mean, his last fight was against a, a fat rampage and he beat him, but apparently that wasn't good enough. So now we're back. And we're we're fighting this for we're fighting this American Timothy Johnson, mm-hmm. who I you know to your point, I think he could very realistically go out there and knock him out. 
Hmm. I'm curious. I, I'm, you know, I hope that he wins and I hope that he retires. I, uh, the, the one of the very few times that I had the opportunity to see Dan Henderson a person, I think that one of the only things I said to him was, uh, I liked your knockout of Fedor. <laughs> and, and I think that that, that was it. He's like, thank, thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Yes. I knocked a lot of people out. Yeah. He was intimidating, even though he's so much shorter than me. Jeez. Yeah. He's a, he's a little guy. Yeah. I mean, a little, little big guy. I wanted to find the the odds on uh, on Vitor on uh, Fyodor. Wow, he's the underdog. Well, I mean, how old is Timothy Johnson? Timothy Johnson is coming off a loss, but he's competitive. Oh, look at that! And he was the underdog in his last couple of fights, and he won. Oh, he beat Matrimitrion. He beat Czech Congo. Czech Congo is a really good striker too. Hmm. Okay, so that could be fun. That could be fun. It will be fun. Yeah. Regardless of what happens, he's he's going to have an epic storybook ending or tragedy will befall him. But it'll be exciting because I'm sure he'll go down swinging. I think so too. I think so too. I know that this is likely a shorter episode because there's less banter for us to have when it's two <laughs> of us. Um, but uh, yeah, man, there's been such a lull in the fights for the last couple of weeks that uh, and a, lum- a number of upcoming fights were already announced. <sighs> Excuse me. Yeah, so uh, everything for the rest of the year is kind of set up yeah. at this point in time. There's a lot of waiting. I will say I didn't want to didn't want to talk about Conor McGregor punching the DJ. Um, not that anyone gives any poop about my opinion on it. Oh, the Dodgers <laughs> won. That's neat. Um, uh, but um, I am not competitively interested in Conor McGregor in mixed martial arts anymore um you know i'm not either and that's kind of surprising to me yeah because for a long time like he was the hype behind mma because he was so fun to watch but something happened where it instead of it being funny and humorous it became cringy and Mm -hmm. sad and now, and now I don't need to see him fight. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, people are continuing to just move on and progress. And he's still trying to do the same thing. And because it's not working, it's turned into this weird, like, uh, it's on, instead of it being friendly and insulting it's just more hateful than anything else mm-hmm. and that you know makes me feel sad yeah and you know what with with jones too like um because they're they're pretty comparable in the same in the regard that i view these guys who made their success and got what they want through 
unfortunately excellence in violence and like they got what they wanted by fighting you know what i mean and they had to be violent it was the end result you got your paycheck because you fought that's what ended it that's what got you the check all the work paid off when you fought so it feels like with these guys, like their their end of the line on everything is probably violence. So I feel like it will only end that way with either of them, unless they really get help. Yeah, Which, and then I don't know if that they get help, right? But then they change as a person. They'll never be that their former self. To your point, they got where they were at by fighting and being that type of alpha personality right Mm -hmm. like i'm just going to persevere and do what i'm doing and succeed um and now you see it at their detriment because they're just saying this is who i am and for the most well i shouldn't say for the most part currently right up until now and potentially longer they don't seem willing to change Mm -hmm. or take accountability for their actions yeah I'm, but uh, here's the thing though too is I am I am more competitively interested in John Jones, like I'm not interested in him as a personality anymore, you know. And I would not want to pay, like we kind of talked about, kind of our our man cot, not boycotts here, okay? Not fucking boycotts, um, <laughs> our man cot of paying for John Jones, <laughs> um, because of his shit. But, like, I'm interested to see what he would do at heavyweight. I think that he would be an interesting challenger to anybody at heavyweight. And I want to see how he would move his body, which is his incredible gift to humankind, right? And, um, but I don't see that with Connor anymore. Like, he's just, he's lost so much. Because it's not, it's not only has he been an asshole, he's been a loser and an asshole. <laughs> you're an asshole loser <laughs> right that oh man if you I'm, let me tell you ryan if you ever told me that i was an asshole and a loser i would know it was true and it would break my heart you know what you're an asshole you're also a loser oh, oh fuck man that would just rip my heart out <sighs> yeah but you're you're not you're not either of those people right and you're not the same in terms of your personality and that's that's what makes like that's what sets you apart among other things is the fact you'd be like fuck and you feel shame for that. If I told Conor McGregor, let's let's bypass the fact that I'm a fucking nobody. But if I saw Conor McGregor, I'm like, hey, you know what? You're an asshole. You know what? You're also a loser. That you would has, be right. That has no fucking impact on him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And. I'm sure the same could be said for John Jones. Um, and I'd. I would not be able to call him a loser. A loser? <laughs> You're an asshole. Mm hmm. He's but, a piece yeah. of shit, but he's You're not a, a loser. <laughs> you tell, tell Conor McGregor you're an asshole and a loser, he'll probably try to punch you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, I think he lives in Huntington Beach. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Um, Somebody I work with, uh, they said that they see him all the time. They go and visit their daughter 
who lives in that area that he's always just riding his bike around Huntington Beach. Huh. Yeah. Weird. I, I, you know, interestingly, I would, I would never say those things to his face because I don't want to die early. But he is somebody whose brain I would love to pick. Like, I feel like he could straighten up and fly right. Like, he was on welfare at a time. He had the system backing him up. He had a support network and understands the value of that. Whereas John comes from an incredibly competitive family where alpha traits rule everything. Mm -hmm. And his uh, apathy has been rewarded. So I don't think that he turns around at all. Um, But I still want to see him fight. That's the shittiest thing. God, the turmoil, Ryan. The turmoil. It's the unknown. That's all it is. Would you still have the same desire to see him fight at heavyweight if he just if he had a fight at heavyweight and he just got absolutely destroyed? Would you be like, I need to see more? Or would you be like, okay, I'm done? I'd be done. I would be totally done. I would be out of the John Jones business. Especially if he announced afterwards that he was returning to light heavyweight. Oh my gosh, I would have even less interest. Uh, Pulling a rock hold. That's that's what we call that. (laughs) Not even probably physically possible for him anymore. But if he did, he'd be so fucking drained. His body would be destroyed. So you know what, guys? Uh, I'm going to Bellator. (laughs) (laughs) Going to Bellator. You're like, all right, done. Because you can't go so, you can't, you, you can't stomach the thought of, not being the best so you're going to go to a a pool of weaker competition ah man i've heard uh nemkov however um the light heavyweight champion at bellator right now is quite an ominous threat he uh i believe he's undefeated uh i don't have it in front of me unfortunately but uh I might even... Vlad- Vladimir Nemkov? Yes. Is He's he the under- light heavyweight champion or the heavyweight champion? I don't know. I don't have him in front of me. You'd have to look it up. I believe it's light heavyweight, but he's a fucking monster. Um, not saying, because I obviously I'm talking out of my ass and I haven't watched much on him, but I will. Um, I want to see more because I've heard he's the biggest threat. Oh, did you hear about um Ah, oh, man. The bantamweight champion from Ryzen is coming and fighting Sergio Pettis for the bantamweight belt in Bellator. Uh, Kosi, uh, Koji. Yes. Uh, Koji. Yaka, I, can't, I can't say his last name. Uh, Hor- Horiguchi. Horiguchi. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Now I have watched several of Horiguchi's fights and he's a monster at 135. I'm curious Mm -hmm. how he'll do. I'm wondering if he's in Bellator because of USADA. (laughs) 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 But uh, I wonder what, well, I think he'll be in the UFC within two or three years. I don't know why he's in Bellator now. He was in the UFC. Was Horiguchi in the UFC? Uh Yeah, he had a pretty successful career. Um, And I think his, he's in the record books for the UFC for and this is like like not how you want to be in the record books the latest rumor we were looking at this the latest submission in ufc history is for mighty mouse and it was like one second left in the fight yes that's who he tapped out oh my gosh uh koji (laughs) horiguchi 
Um, and then from there, he went to, I think he went to Bellator. He was their mm-hmm. champion. He went to one. And then remember, he had that, they won and Bellator had that crossover fight way back when. Mm-hmm. And he fought uh, Darian, Darian Caldwell. And he beat him, who was the Bellator 135-pound champion at the time. Didn't he avenge the loss to Demetrius Johnson? Or am if I mistaken? He, if he did, it was in one. Because it wasn't in UFC. Yeah, definitely not UFC. Anyway, I yeah. am looking forward to that. And I love the Pettis Brothers. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm into that. I can't believe we, re- we like we can just talk for like an hour about MMA, man. And like, just ramble. It's so fun. Yeah, it's pretty natural. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. That's all the fight things I wanted to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's any other fight things. Oh, fight things that I heard as well. Um uh, Dom's favorite boxer, Anthony Joshua, or maybe <laughs> second favorite boxer behind Canelo. Um, one of those. He really likes Anthony Joshua. Although on his last one, he said it was Fury now. Okay, so definitely he's just going from fighter to fighter saying that he's their favorite. Clearly a bandwagoner. <laughs> Clearly, whoever he's got the hot hand. Um, all jokes aside, Anthony Joshua is touring the U.S., going from fight camp to fight camp, potentially looking for a new trainer and one of the camps that he went to which i thought was intriguing was uh canelo's camp in san diego i heard about this and i thought that was fairly intriguing because uh if he could adopt some of those practices that would totally transform his fighter in terms of his skill and the way that he approaches the fights Mm -hmm. um And also because, you know, as I heard that Andy Ruiz is also in that fight camp. So he's got another heavyweight that previously beat him that he could train Mm -hmm. with consistently. And I'm sure that would just make him better. Yeah. Uh, But he also went to Texas, Houston, and went to the Charlo camp. And they thought that 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 might be a good fit as well. But it was, uh, it was interesting to hear. And I'm like, okay, does that mean that he's just going to abandon his whole camp and team and, and like, adopt a new style? Does that mean he's just looking for, like, outside help for his next fight because he's going to rematch Usyk and he needs a different style to beat him? So I was kind of intrigued by that. But, uh, but yeah, he's, he's not... He's corner shopping, huh? Yeah. I think he... I think... I think he, well, he does need that, right? I mean, he's surrounded by yes men. That's very clear. And and they are wrong yes men, unfortunately, <laughs> right? Uh, so, I mean, that's interesting. I would love to see when Dom, when Dom comes on next week, because he doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> uh, when he comes on next week, we'll have to bring that up with him for sure. Definitely. Um. Yeah, man. I want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch game night after this. I think. I love game night. <laughs> I love game night. You guys should check it out. Twitch.tv/slash game night. 
I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm uh, I'm gonna go to bed pretty quick after that too. Got so much work. Yeah. Oh, I like the way you work, 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 work. You know what? That's a way better way to end the show than with a. Uh, jokingly announcing not Prenzel presidential nominees and uh-huh <laughs> and then inaccurately being being uh perceived as a fucking right wing nut job <laughs> <laughs> now I know how Rogan feels <laughs> right I just I mean, want to say what I want to say and not be judged well that is not what you get no, you say things and people interpret those and then they judge you according to those comments. <laughs> All right. I think then we should go on out on go out on AOC 2024 then. <laughs> Woo! Letters. <laughs> oh man. All righty. I love you buddies. I love you too man. Have a good night. <laughs> good night. <laughs>